Welcome, everyone, to Cookville Now, the podcast about the, the people and places and things and businesses that make Cookville what it is today. I'm Herbert Williams, your, co- your host, and Clarissa Williams, your co-host. Hi, everyone. Welcome. And today we have another city ca- city council candidate um, with us and we have been to all of the meet the candidate events and decided we would bring all of the candidates here into the studio and ask them all the same exact questions with the same time frame so that you would be able to see the unedited raw version of how they answer the questions and um, just tackle everything that we've got on the list so welcome Jordan and um, thank you for coming into the studio today Herbert and Clarissa, thank you for the opportunity. Appreciate you allowing this opportunity for us to be able to address the people in this format. Well, why don't we kick things off with you telling us a little bit about yourself? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I have been in the Upper Cumberland area for about a quarter century, or actually just a little bit over a quarter century. As we were talking about just before getting on, my father came to the area to work at Cookville Regional Medical Center back in 1995. Uh, We're originally from Pennsylvania. I stayed in the area, a proud graduate of Tennessee Tech University actually homeschooled uh, for 11 years and all my sisters homeschooled uh, two out of the three homeschooled all the way through and so we're real tied in with the homeschool community here but it's been really awesome being able to serve the public too because we get to see the the public school system as well so all about that uh, that combination of school choice and it's just been really a a great experience being able to do that wow great well the the main question I want to ask to start off is what I ask everybody is why are you running for city council? It's a it's a good question to ask. A lot of folks will ask that question, say, <laughs> why would you subject yourself to, to all this? It's really a, an opportunity to serve. It's really a great privilege to serve. Uh, as I had mentioned at the uh, forum that the Herald Citizen and Zimmer did the other week, uh, my grandfather came from Ukraine after World War II. Mm-hmm. And just knowing that he did not have that opportunity to choose candidates. He didn't have an opportunity to serve himself. He came here uh, seeking opportunity and uh, to flee that oppression over there, the Soviet oppression. That plus my faith is what drives me. Uh, Just knowing our nation's history, knowing our great culture that we have here in the Upper Cumberland, we want to preserve that. And definitely that's that's what drives me uh, to run. But also the experience I have, I've been serving on the county commission for the last eight years and having that combination. Of course, we know the city and the county uh, has that great partnership that's been going on. We're going to lose uh, experience with Mayor Shelton mm-hmm. uh, being term limited, also former Mayor Womack. And of course, I am the only candidate in this race that has eight years of serving experience with Randy Porter directly on the county. So I bring that to the table. And that's a big opportunity for me to be able to provide that skill to the county or to the city too as well. Well, let's jump right into some topics. So we put transportation at the top of the list. Anybody you talk to, you'll hear about potholes or road congestion or road patterns. What would you do to help with fixing some of the issues we see today? Yeah, absolutely. That's probably one of the biggest questions along with some of the other ones we'll be asking. I've seen some of the ones on the list there and transportation is a key issue that so many people ask about. Uh, again, those relationships and those partnerships, uh, not only do I have that partnership with the county, but due to working with the Republican Party over years, I have relationships with our federal, with our state officials, and good, good solid, I count them as friends, so they're good solid relationships. So I want to put those relationships to work. 
uh, reaching out to the state because, of course, we know Jefferson, we know Willow, uh, Highway 70 just behind us and some other areas are state roads. We can't do those alone on the city. We need those relationships to make those priorities. We see South Jefferson being wide uh, below 40, and so that's something that we need to continue to progress. But we also need to look at our traffic studies and see maybe even new roads. That's, that gets a little bit in the controversial territory when you start looking at potentially new roads and that sort of thing. But we also need to look at maybe some newer roads that might be able to divert some of this traffic uh, that may not need to be going down certain roads as well. Yeah. Well, another topic is health care. And the city of Cookville owns uh, Cookville Regional Medical Center. So it's kind of interesting that the city owns the hospital. And uh, we know over the last couple of years, we've encountered the tornado, the pandemic, staffing issues. So when you think about that and you think about um, the ownership, how does the city of Cookville owning the hospital help or hurt, in your opinion, and how does it directly contribute to the tax base? Well, as I mentioned, of course, this was another question I received at the Zimmer and the Herald Citizen Forum. And uh, as I said, I've long been for uh, city ownership of the hospital. I always thought having that local control instead of a large corporation, it's kind of more focused on the community. Probably my first political involvement was back in the mid-90s when Fort Sanders Hospital in Knoxville was looking at purchasing uh, Cookville Regional. And I was right there with my dad, my sisters, my mom. We were all there. Uh, trying to preserve local ownership of the hospital. Mm -hmm. But I think it's important for us to have a strong medical system, and it's important for us to have those conversations. I've actually had some conversations already with citizens. We've knocked on about 2,100 doors uh, since we started the process in May and had some citizens bring this issue to the table. We need to have those conversations with citizens, with hospital employees, administration, find out what the uh, best path forward because we know the hospital brings a lot of commerce uh, to our area. A lot of people visit, they, they spend those hotel motel tax dollars. That's where your tax impact right now is coming from is uh, visitors come in to visit loved ones in the hospital from and not just even uh, visitors from a distance, but also we, we service people from South Central Kentucky, from areas out to the, to the West going towards Nashville and Knoxville as well. So we need to make sure that we have a strong medical system for our community. We need to have those conversations with individuals in our community about what's the best path forward what makes for a strong hospital and especially when you think about the employee base it's the hospital and it's tech that are uh, two driving institutions mm -hmm. so we need to make sure those those institutions are strong oh yes well um currently cookville is experiencing great growth and we've got a very robust economy but if things were to change here in our business we call it the what if scenario so if things were to change and you had to make some cuts, we put three examples down and wanted to kind of get your thoughts on this. So if you had to make cuts and you were on the council, would you, one, scale back services, two, cut staff, or three, increase taxes? Of course, you don't want to scale back services. Uh, you could actually kind of come almost to a combination of factors here. Uh, Cutting or raising taxes to me would be the last resort. Uh, as, as I mentioned on the campaign trail, for me, a personal principle in taxes, I've operated this way on eight years on the county commission, and I, I also operate this way when I look at candidates for state and federal uh, races as well. But a dollar that any government takes, doesn't matter if it's local or national, but a, a dollar that any government takes is a dollar less that families have uh, for their dreams, for, for their homes, for their businesses, their churches. And so anytime you look at taxes, that needs to be a last resort, a tax hike. But with the services, we don't want to scale back. We have services that are continuing to grow, but we can definitely make those more efficient, look for efficiencies. That's why people, uh, the citizens, put the leaders and, and the servants into these roles because they're, they're wanting us to look for creative ways to 
make services more efficient, and also try to find funding that's not always going to be right from the taxpayer dollars. Uh, so definitely that would be my first priority, would be looking at how to make services more efficient. You, you don't want to cut people if you can help it. You don't want to cut services, and you don't want to raise taxes. Mm-hmm. So try to find some sort of combination of those. And I, I have I mean, I have been open to tax increase, again, as a last resort in the past, but that's not something that we want to jump to, to first off for sure. Right. Jordan, we all see it. Homelessness is becoming a growing issue here. What would you do or what would you suggest with the council to try to solve that, to try to solve or correct it or or alleviate it and help? Absolutely. So this issue, we almost have to break down into parts to an extent because it's easy to to look at uh, issues on a face value and say, well, you do this or that with homelessness, especially with our area. We've got to separate those who are truly homeless, and we have to have compassion, again, from a faith aspect. Definitely, we must have that compassion for those individuals who are truly homeless and make sure they're getting the assistance Mm -hmm. they need. But for those who are panhandlers and those who are out there begging, taking advantage of the situation, for one thing, that that can't be tolerated because Mm -hmm. when you look at that, I mean, that's almost, uh, it's disgracing those who are truly homeless. Mm -hmm. And from what I hear from so many people is the true homeless tend to to, to not be public about it. They tend to be embarrassed about their situation right. they tend to be in the shadows those who are on street corners uh from the experience we've been seeing so far tend to be the panhandlers mm-hmm. and for those we need to back our law enforcement 100 percent back and back them on what they need to do in order to alleviate the situation also i hear that lebanon and murfreesboro have been tackling the situation unfortunately i've been hearing that they're sending some of their uh, panhandlers this way mm-hmm. and uh, we don't want to do that we don't want to push the problem mm-hmm. off to somebody else but maybe we can learn some from those cities about what they're doing to tackle their situations mm-hmm. but here again for our our panhandlers back up the law enforcement for those who are truly homeless we have a great a great community here of nonprofits of churches and when you go to the churches god gets the glory uh, mm-hmm. for any service that's done for whether it's maybe homeless uh, mothers maybe it's homeless children uh, we don't want to have any homeless children in our streets, definitely not. We don't want any homeless mothers either as well, mm-hmm. or really anybody homeless, homeless veterans. We don't like that situation at all. It's not something that we will, uh, will, will I guess you could say, tolerate, but mm-hmm. definitely want to back up our – of course, we think about Officer Duclair over at the Cookville Police mm-hmm. Department. He has the Cookville Human Fund. Uh, the city needs to promote that as much as possible and, again, promote our churches for that solution. Yes, yes. I agree. So we've been experiencing great growth and um, – continuous improvements throughout the city. And with that, um, infrastructure and growth go hand in hand. The residents are excited about the opportunities, but how do you manage that and counterbalance that without stifling the growth, but protecting the small town charm that we have? Yeah, absolutely. Like you've been saying, this growth is awesome for families, for for those young folks come into tech, they can stay here. They can raise a family here. It's a place where you can not just uh, grow up, but you can go to school. You can uh, work and play and, and go to church and do all things throughout your life here. Uh, that's a good thing to have these opportunities come in here. It also provides for a tax base. But at the same time, I know there's a lot of concern with the growth, as you've been saying, because people are worried about our culture changing. We need to hold our culture. We're a magnet for so many people for a reason. Mm -hmm. And so we want to maintain that. And I think the faith aspect that we have in our community is that we need to stand strong on our faith and not be ashamed of that. But also, too, we need to make sure that we're, we're holding those values, that hospitality that we're so well known for. We see it after the tornado. It's amazing. You look down at the Hobby Lobby parking lot, the old Hobby Lobby parking lot where Gabe's is now. 
that parking lot was full after the tornado. People come in the volunteer, and of course, people came from out of the area afterward, but people stepped up that night, and you hear about stories of just the heroism coming up that night where people were uh, going to maybe not even folks they knew before, but pulling them out of their houses and everything. So that, mm. that's what this community is about. We right. need to maintain that and not get into a spirit of divisiveness, but, also, but rather a spirit of unity and uh, make sure that we're focused on that as we grow. Right. That's right. And talking about uh, that faith-based, um, Herbert and I, when we started our company seven or eight years ago, we wanted to make sure we were staying on tack with uh, or on point with any anything that we could build upon Christian foundation and uh, thinking about integrity and honesty and how that you would really want people to portray your business or see you um, in that light. So we have heard all of the candidates at some point or another talk about their faith or talk, talk about praying. And we think it's important to really focus on that question and find out what, where your faith is and what it's rooted in. Appreciate you asking that question too. And with faith, it's not just a, it's not just a mind exercise. It's not just a, I guess you could say a passive belief, but rather mm -hmm. it's a commitment. It's a way of life. It's about, it's like you said about integrity. It's about living the gospel out and my faith is rooted in the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm not ashamed to say that. And I actually do a lot of preaching as well. So that, that helps me to, to really kind of focus in on those things. Been blessed. I don't have a pulpit, I, I guess I could say, of my own that I go to on a regular basis. But there's a lot of smaller congregations in the Upper Cumberland area, about 20, 30 folks who don't have the resources to pay a, a full-time preacher. And I've been blessed to go to about almost 30. I think it's been since my high school days when I started going to church in Monterey up through. They gave the young men a opportunity in the uh, in the high school years to, to do the fifth Sundays in the evenings to be able mm. to, to speak and do the whole service and everything. And so I've been able to to do that all these years. And it's that's really been able to help me focus on, on the study of the scriptures. But faith, again, is a very important part of my life. It's an important part of my family's life as well to my wife. And uh, we, a lot of our service is rooted in what we do at the church and, and also with other activities too as well. But uh, just again, it's it's about a commitment. It's about a walk of life. It's not about being a, a Sunday Christian, but rather being a Christian also seven days of the week and mm -hmm. 365, 366 days a year if it's a leap year. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's, that's, that's, I think, where we need to get to. More cultures gone more towards a cultural Christianity, but we need to focus more back on that relationship with Christ where we're obeying his word, where we're we're following his commandments and when we're doing that i think it enriches our lives but also makes our communities and makes our nation stronger too as well i agree, I agree. yes well we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back we put your company in front of the right audience our services include website creation search engine optimization search engine management social media management geofencing video production podcasts and more we can help you get found easy and affordable We are your partner. We work with you as your team, giving you the best option for marketing. Stop by today, email us, or call us at 931-854-1313. Welcome back. So let's talk about the mayor's position. Traditionally, it has been something that uh, the council, whoever had the most votes would become the mayor, and the council would vote on it and whatnot. But we also know there have been conversations about that being a standalone position. Where do you stand? 
So for, yeah, for predictability's sake, I think it would be wise to have the mayor elected separately. Now, that being said, I think our current setup, the, the council manager form that we have of, of the council right now works well for the city. Uh, I, I don't like the, the idea of someone that runs the city services, whether it's solid waste, whether it's uh, the electric department, gas department, water, and those other uh, necessary utilities. I don't like someone running those being of a political fashion. You, you hear about issues with that in other cities that mm -hmm. where the mayor runs everything. But uh, for the sake of, of the operation of the city going forward, mm -hmm. I do think maybe having the mayor, maybe a lot of the duties maybe being similar, maybe add a few duties. But yeah, absolutely, I think it would be wise to have that as a uh, set apart role that that you could vote on so that way you have some predictability instead of like in this case we have 11 candidates mm -hmm. and then you start wondering like who's going to with the setup i mean if you vote for one to five individuals who's going to be on the council and you have this idea of maybe two or three candidates likely to be mayor but sometimes it could just completely shift on you and somebody that you didn't even expect would maybe not the right kind of experience so right. having folks actually run for mayor i think would be wise for the city going forward okay Jordan, you've often heard people, and I know I have, say, I wish we had that in Cookville, sort of like a target or whatever. Is there something you wish or would hope to see come to Cookville? I'll probably be unique in my answer because we may not be there in the market yet, and it's probably passed us by culturally, but I've always, even since I was young, I've always uh, thought about an enclosed shopping center. Of course, people would say, well, we had that here. We had pennies down there in that small mall. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of something more of like a Rivergate size of Nashville or something of that nature, something a little bit larger. Mm -hmm. Actually, when I was younger, when I was in elementary and middle school, I started formulating what I wanted to do with my career. And I wanted to uh, to design a shopping mall for Cookville and for other communities and start a department store chain, which is strange, of course, in the <laughs> 90s and 2000s, the economy shifted entirely. When I was in college, mm -hmm. I had to change my, my uh, visions for a career because it didn't seem uh, plausible to go that route any further. Uh, but definitely, if we, can, if we can find a place in the market, there are still some enclosed shopping centers doing well in other cities. Uh, depends on what kind of mix they have, but that would be awesome to have in our community. And uh, another unique thing that probably is not we're not ready for here yet is uh, like a professional ultimate frisbee uh, team. I've always mm -hmm. enjoyed ultimate frisbee, and and I always thought it'd be cool to have a professional team here. But both of those options are probably <laughs> usually you'll hear about Target, you'll hear Home Depot, yeah. you'll hear about maybe a family fun center, which would be awesome for our community if we had some place that that combine roller skating and bowling and mm -hmm. uh, some of those other uh, things where our children can have a place to go. In that case, families can go to have fun. But uh, yeah, shopping mall and ultimate Frisbee team would probably be something that comes to mind. Sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you, what does your family think about you running for city council? They are behind the campaign 100%. And actually, it's, it's an interesting time to ask that question. Uh, this afternoon, I've been down in Chattanooga. My uh, wife's uh, cousin, her uh, daughter, just had a two-year-old birthday party. And uh, my wife was encouraging me to, just saying, we, we have to go. You have, you have to get back to, to uh, do the podcast. And, <laughs> and so uh, she was actually encouraging me to, to come back a little bit quicker. We were there for a few hours down in Chattanooga this afternoon. Mm -hmm. uh, but my wife's been behind me uh, fully. And then also my parents, uh, like I said, we knocked on about 2,100 doors. Mom has probably knocked on about half of those. We've knocked mm -hmm. on those doors and, and the heat advisories rain. My mom texted me one day when I was at work and she said, I got hit by that shower, but she said, I'm still out here knocking. I said, we need to find shelter somewhere there. Uh, Dad's been helping me a lot with uh, with signage, uh, with all the signs we've put up around town. It's typically been Dad and I that's been up there putting those up there. So, 
And then my sisters, I've got sisters scattered around. One still lives in Putnam County, but one lives uh, closer to Murfreesboro and another mm -hmm. up in Minnesota. And they're sharing social media posts that I put up and that sort of thing too. So that, yeah, it's a whole whole family effort. That's as great. As, as this goes. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. We met your mom. She's a nice lady. Well, I appreciate yeah. that. Thank you. Very, very blessed growing up. That's for sure. Welcome. Well, um, we know we are blessed to be in Cookville mm -hmm. and have so many great things. We, um, Our son went to Vol State, and he's also going to Tennessee Tech. So we have great education opportunities. We have friends that have gone to the trade schools. We've got great restaurants, great shopping, um, all kinds of good things, and also great events. One of the ones that we look forward to every year is the Red, White, and Boom Festival. Um, so there's a lot of different things that make Cookville what it is today. And if you were to give one answer that would define that, what would it be? For those uh, for places to go? And it could be a destination, an event, a restaurant, anything of that nature. There's, what is Cookville to you? For a destination, Tennessee Tech, I'm a, I'm a uh, I guess you could say a loyal and patriotic Tech alum, and <laughs> I, I'm still a member of the fitness center there. I, I enjoy wow. going to basketball and football events. They're actually still announced for their uh, volleyball team wow. over there at, at Tech as well, too. That's so great. Tech's a place as far as a destination I love to go. As far as restaurants, I love a lot of our small businesses that we have here. Uh, it's hard to really pick a restaurant. There's so many good ones, but then also to some of the chains like Chick-fil-A where I used to work mm -hmm. at and Texas Roadhouse, having some of those here uh, are favorites of my wife and I there. And then uh, as far as events go, Red, White, and Boom, and uh, it's hard to pick one of those two, but Red, White, and Boom <laughs> and Fall Fun Fest are both mm -hmm. two uh, great events that we enjoy going to as well. Yeah, that's awesome. So what is some question when you're thinking back to all the Meet the Candidate things thus far? What is a question you wish someone would have asked you? You've probably already asked it already about the faith aspect. Okay. That's not something that we hear too often uh, when we go on the campaign. A lot of folks want to separate politics uh, from the faith aspect. Right. As we're talking about with faith. Which is a shame. It is a shame. It is because, as we are saying earlier, it's, it's a commitment and it, it shapes your worldview. So if you're going to be serving the public, you want to know. Uh, what individuals stand, where they stand on faith and how it shapes their lives because you, you can't separate the two. Uh, so as far as that goes, you've already asked that question. But there's probably another question uh, that uh, we would probably like to see a little bit more of is what kind of visions for the economy going forward mm -hmm. uh, would, uh, would you uh, vis uh, envision? And there's definitely some things with the high-tech and robotics. Cookville can be a great hub for the high-techs and robotics. Even the space industries with Huntsville being so close, and right. Oak Ridge, Nashville with the healthcare mm -hmm. hub. And a great there. university. And a great university. So we're mm -hmm. right in the middle of all that. So uh, Chamber's doing a great job in recruiting industries. But as a community, we definitely need to be setting the groundwork now. I know there's several uh, companies out there locally that are uh, in the high-tech field, and they're interested in that field about how to make this a hub for robotics and those industries as they become dominant industries. They're becoming that already, but they'll, they'll become even more dominant as we go towards, if we go towards auto, autonomous vehicles route and some of these other technologies we're looking at. And then also, we'd like to be asked a little bit more about not just the road transportation, but how do we make Cookville more efficient for bicyclists? How do we mm -hmm. maybe even try to bring rail transportation back up here again, too? I've heard several people suggest 
bring in the rails back. And I've got experience with that driving to Nashville uh, for 10 months, as many of our citizens have done. We've, we've driven uh-huh. to Nashville or Knoxville for work. And right. if we can get some uh, rail service back up here, I know it's going to be awesome if we can get the passenger uh, air service down here at the airport. That's going to be huge for our area. Yes. But also looking at the rails, if we can uh, do something with that too as well, that would be awesome as well. Great. Yeah. Great question. Great answers. One of the things that I always ask, um, I've asked all of the candidates, not on the list, but um, it's about uh, Putnam County's voter turnout. So I personally think that our country is headed in the wrong direction right now, um, other than I am pro-life 100%. Um, So I've been happy about that decision. But if you look at the cost of gas or the inflation or supply chain issues or anything else, I think it's going in the wrong direction. But our vote can make a difference. And when we look at voter turnout for Putnam County, it's always very low. So what would you say to people to encourage them to vote? Well, it makes a big difference. I know everybody's focused on the presidential race, maybe even governors or Congress to an extent. But what really makes a difference in people's lives and families' lives is what happens on the local level. When you think about our school boards, when you think about our county commissions, for instance, and uh, turnout was extremely low back in May for all these different county commission and and even the the, uh, judicial uh, primaries back in May. And the turnout right now is, I've been watching the numbers come through, the turnout's the lowest probably we've seen for early voting, maybe this, this, uh, not just this decade, but maybe so far since even the year 2000. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's amazing how low, because 2010 would have been the, the year that we looked at for low turnout going back maybe about 20 years or so and we're even probably about half of that mm-hmm. right now we're already halfway through early voting so i don't know if people are waiting until last week or if they're waiting until election day uh, but definitely it matters who leads it matters who's in these city councils and the judicial elections and everything else as well so uh, we need to make sure we're getting our focus back on the local matters and making sure that we know who's uh, serving in these local offices and just know how it affects, like you said, your pocketbook with the gas prices. We can mm-hmm. affect down the local level, but yes, but the inflation, the taxes that we're looking at, the the other issues that we're, how do we spend our local money, and how is that affecting folks? Even especially when it comes to fixed income, I always right. I think about them when I'm since I'm working in financial services, and we watch those people come in and uh, they're waiting on the social security checks, and maybe for some families, a hundred dollars a month may not be a, a big hit, but. For a lot of our families in this county, uh, 10, 20, 30 bucks a month or even 100 bucks a year would even be a large amount that they'd have to consider what to cut out. So we need to be mindful of who's here and, and affecting the property taxes in, in, these, uh, in these local elections. It matters who governs, like former Lieutenant Governor Ron Ramsey used to say. Oh, yeah. Very true. Mm-hmm. If you could give yourself, your younger self advice, what would it be? Probably the biggest thing I would tell myself going back a number of years ago would be not to focus too much on those things that don't really matter. I think we could all say that probably. Oh, yeah. We've got a lot of matters that we look at and uh, certain things we worry about for a while that in the big picture won't uh, matter to all that much. Just like uh, Christ talked about in the Sermon on the Mount, talking about if you, if you put too much thought for tomorrow, tomorrow will take care of itself. Mm-hmm. And so that's probably the biggest thing. There's a lot of times I was very uh, blessed uh, because living a life that I try to focus on integrity, I don't have uh, too many things I regret going back and looking at my younger self. But even still, there's times where I wasted so much time, mm-hmm. whether it was focusing maybe on one job that didn't come through, maybe like probably most of us have, maybe worried about relationships that weren't meant to be at a young age. Mm-hmm. If, if you look back and if you would have, instead of, instead of focusing too much on worry about those things and focus on something 
uh, positive and constructive, it could actually lead you to a place where uh, you're better off. So that's probably the biggest advice I would have for my younger self, I guess. Wow, good, good answer. Is there anything else at all about you that you would like to share with everybody? Yeah, absolutely. So as I mentioned before about the experience, I mean, just to trying to bring the community together, uh, we, we want to be a seamless city. As we mentioned a moment ago, after we came together, that tornado, that's what Cookville's about. That's our, that's our culture. That's our climate. And we want to be a seamless city. Folks, I've been talking about that the last few weeks as we've been going out in the campaign trail. Folks are like, what's a seamless city? Uh, former mayor of St. Petersburg, Florida, Rick Baker, had talked a lot about this. He actually has a book written about this. It's, an, it's a city where you don't have areas where you say, well, don't go there. It's, it's a dangerous area. And uh, we want to make sure that all the resources get evenly distributed as much as possible to all the, all the uh, neighborhoods of the city, all the different areas. Uh, make sure that no area is left out. Of course, you, it's, it's not a socialist aspect, but it's one rather of fairness and uh, definitely something that we want to look at, making sure that uh, we don't have a huge issue with Cookville at this time of saying we'll stay away from that neighborhood or this and that, mm -hmm. but we don't want to get that way. And there's always room for improvement. And uh, so definitely we want to be a united, seamless city. And as we mentioned earlier about the, the aspect of going forward, the economic visions, and uh, I, I pointed this out to Herald Citizen Forum too as well about uh, three different areas that we can focus on. The, the rail trail, uh, we have the, the trail that there's a dream behind that being almost like a, a new Virginia creeper. That'd be great for our tourism here locally. Mm -hmm. and, uh, talking about going to Baxter, but if we can take that to Monterey, uh, we can bring so many folks in from around the country, maybe even around the world that want to participate with that. Again, the rail service to Nashville, if we can look at opportunities to do that, and then also being a high-tech hub, uh, those things are aspects, too, that we definitely want to look at going forward as well. That sounds great. Well, I've got three last questions, and um, we work with a lot of millennials, Gen Z, and we said, hey, if you were going to ask the city council candidates something, what would it be? So these are more of a, a personable type approach yeah. um so the first question are you a gamer more so when it comes to uh i guess athletics outside but not as much with video games i have enjoyed some video games uh from time to time in the past but not a i'm not a i guess you could say a loyal gamer would be the best way to put that okay and if you were going to choose to either go out to eat or stay in what would you choose I eat out probably way too much, but I spend a lot of money eating out for sure, especially because I work right near Restaurant Row, so it's hard, oh, yeah. hard not to uh, take in those restaurants yep. down there on a regular basis. Yeah. And the last question, if you were choosing a dessert and you had the option of cake, pie, or cobbler, what would it be? Uh, pie would probably be the, the first option on there. Well, thank you so yeah, much for coming you. in today. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank pre you. Appreciate the opportunity again. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for watching. And I also wanted to share that Cookville Now will be at the Bizapalooza this coming Tuesday. If y'all want to stop by and see us at our booth location, we will be interviewing people there also on location. So visit the Bizapalooza through the Chamber of Commerce in the Leslie Town Center, and we'll see you there. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.